welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. All right, Leland, it's time to get ready for region tournaments in high school sports. It's actually, you know what, I'm just calling this postseason week because this is a big week for our high schools here. It's a big week for me in terms of a tournament that we'll talk about later. But let's start with high school baseball. Uh, we've each said that we have our concerns about how far Wilson can go in this baseball tournament. Um, we're hoping, hoping that it's region championship because then they get to go to the States, but who knows? The one thing is we really were breaking down kind of the bracket, the way we looked at three C as we're rolling into this. And it just seemed like we kept seeing Broadway Spotswood. And I know Spotswood and Broadway had to kind of settle their own battles there. And maybe Spotswood might've been the tougher team between those at this point, but they're not really on the on the roadmap for Wilson. Wilson will face the winner of number seven and number 10, Monticello, they play Wednesday. Wilson will host one of those two teams Friday. And then if they're able to win that game, they'll play the winner of the number three Fluvanna, number six TA um, winner there. So they avoid the bulk of the top of the Valley District, uh, Spotswood, then Broadway. Uh, I guess they could potentially get TA, but Fluvanna is kind of that higher C team that they, they could face. 14 and six Fluvanna from the other side of the mountain. Um, I, you know, they didn't play them this year. So good or bad that that's the kind of the route, the roadmap for them to take on here. Then obviously LCA undefeated LCA kind of waits everybody because I just think they'll be there in the end, no matter what we do here. So I remain optimistic. I, I want Wilson to get to that region final. I'm not seeing the absolute stop sign in front of them. That really worries me. Um, if, if they would have gotten a Spotswood, a team they just played a week ago that shut them out, beat them handedly, I would have had more worries, but they don't have that. That said, I, I just don't know that much about Fluvanna. Um, they're 14 and six. That's a worse record than Wilson, but you know, just, you know, Fluvanna's playing on their side of the mountain playing probably out of district games that are a bit tougher in district. Some teams are tough. Some teams aren't. So, um, we'll just leave it at that. I'm optimistic. I think they're going to make it to the region final. That's my prediction. We're going to have Wilson in the state tournament. Um, they're going to play in the region championship game is the way I'm going to phrase this. I'm not going <laughs> to say they're going to win the region. I'm going to say they're going to make it to the region championship and they'll advance to states because of that. That's how I'll phrase it. Okay. Last week I was being nice and we were talking about hopes and dreams. And this year, this week yep. I'm going to give you my honest opinion. I don't think Wilson's going to play in the region championship. I think they're going to lose to Fluvanna. Um, okay. and again, it's what you touched on, right? Yes. They haven't seen Fluvanna. Yes. Fluvanna has a worse record, but obviously they've got higher power points and that's because of the teams they play when they're they out of district, power, higher power points. Wilson's a two. Oh, Fluvanna's well, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, no. Okay. So if Fluvanna was higher, it matters. If they don't, then whatever, it doesn't matter. Well, because Yes, it, it hurts my <laughs> argument in the sense that they're not the higher seed, but they, it doesn't change the fact that their opponents are tougher. The opponents at a I, district are tougher. They play over. They play those teams from the Jefferson district that are usually really good teams in class three, in class four, even. Like Wilson doesn't play that. Wilson, the best teams they've played are teams that were saying, "Thank goodness they don't have to play them in the region tournament in Spotswood and Broadway." 
If we don't, if we're worried about fours and fives, why are we not worried about the three? I'm worried about the three. The three's playing better teams. Well, I'm not worried about the four and five because I don't think that Wilson's going to see them. That would be the reason yeah. I. Okay, but in your statement, no in your them. statement, oh, we're just glad, you know, if they had to play Spotswood, maybe I'd be a little worried. Well, on the direct. But they're going to play the number three seed who's higher, so we're not yes. worried. I, 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 before they played Spotswood, I thought they would look better in the game. They didn't, so it presented a worry to me. But yeah, Fluvanna is probably capable of beating them. I'm not going to sit here and just say they're not capable of beating Wilson. I bet. I bet they're solid, good baseball team, but I, I think Wilson is too. I think they're just solid, good program. They've won the district three years in a row. They continue to win. They've won state titles there. A lot of people involved in that program are familiar names to that. So like, I just, I, I lean on that and I'm a local optimist. So there's my, argument. you are a local optimist. I don't share that optimism. I don't think they're going to be there. I, th- I think they're there going go. to lose to Fluvanna. Um, <sighs> all right. Class two, we don't have to worry about. Um, we have no class two teams. Class one. Well, reach. I think draft is going to be in the tournament. They're just not going to advance far. They're not going to advance out of that region. That's that's the sure. prediction for both of us. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, region one B. One B. You got your wish. Buffalo Gap and Riverheads will yeah, be able to avoid each other in the region semifinals, and they will be able to play in a region championship. Um, boy, they have the chance. That's they what have I the want. chance. I just wanted a chance. Yeah. Now they got to do it. I just wanted mm-hmm. the chance. It's the doing it that worries me. Um, okay. I, I think Buffalo Gap will get to the state tournament. I am not sure Riverheads will. I hope they do. I will say the fact that they're not playing each other until the region championship, this classification, I actually do think it will happen. I think we'll have Riverheads and Buffalo Gap both play in the region championship, both go to states. Um, But... If you're asking me, if you tell me only one's getting out, it's going to be Buffalo Gap by a mile. I, Riverheads is the one I do worry about. The thing about the schedule for this tournament, um, and I might not have said the days, Wilson, you know, they'll play Friday. Buffalo Gap will wait until next week to play the winner of Surrey County and William Campbell, from what I understand. So Riverheads will have to play this week. Now, what they're waiting on is what happens with Central Lunenburg on Monday. They play Buckingham. If Central Lunenburg wins that game, Central Lunenburg's the two seed. They get the first round by. If Central Lunenburg loses, Riverheads is the two seed. They get the first round by. Lunenburg's opponent on Monday is Buckingham, a team they lost 18-2 to uh, with back in April. So it's likely Lunenburg could lose that game. It's it's comprehensive. Yeah, we think that. Um. So Riverheads could be the two seed. We could have both locals get that first round by, which would be pretty cool. I think that could really help Riverheads to have the winner of then the three seed, uh, Bucky, uh, if it is Central Lunenburg, and then Rappahannock County winner, get off this week and then wait for that winner next week, have them come to Riverheads. I think that would would help this young team to have a home game in the playoffs to kind of open up the, the postseason here. Um, if Riverheads drops to that three seed, uh, they would host Rappahannock, but then they would have to go down to Bucking, or, or <laughs> they would host Rappahannock, then they would have to go down to Lunenburg. Uh, that makes it a tougher situation. Either way, though, I've seen Riverheads play in this region enough. I've seen Buffalo Gap play in this region enough. I agree with you. I think we're going to see them in the region final um, basically two weeks from now, and that means both of them make it to states. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm optimistic that can be a good game. They split the regular season meetings. 
Um, it'll be over at Gap since Gap is the one seed, so I'd give them the advantage. Um, but that's, you know, just like every time those two teams get each other, they know each other so well. They've gone to middle school together. They played county league ball together. You know, it's just one of those big time rivalries like we always talk about. So um, we'll have a time. We'll have a chance to look ahead to that next week if that's going to be on the way to happening or have a chance happening. So we can talk about more then. But I do think they're going to wind it that. That's my prediction. Both make it to states. And then we would have three teams in states. Well, hopefully that is the case. Uh, as we move on to softball, we have Stewart's draft. Not as much information. Not as much <laughs> information. With this Sunday record, listeners, we are recording on Sunday. We just don't have all the information this week. So heads up. But in, as you're saying, softball, we do have 1B information. Yeah, 1B information we have. Um, Riverheads, they're a three seed. Gap is a two seed. <sighs> And they'll play the winner of Riverheads, William Campbell. Yeah. Buffalo Gap. And then we did not get our wish in softball. So only one nope. of those teams will make it. And I think we only have one team going to states because as good as Stewart's draft has been this week, I just don't think they're going to be good enough to get past some of those bull run teams at the top of that district. I kind of <laughs> like their softball a little bit better than draft, but I'm hoping draft proves me wrong. I, we had a bad result, uh, information last monday last monday we recorded on monday night right before we got on air we saw buffalo Ga gap beat stewart's draft we were really impressed with that we said a lot about that said about our worries about draft that's not what happened according to the district website a week later so stewart's draft won that game they win the district 10 and 2 so congratulations to them winning the shenandoah district that's that's a big thing um riverheads finishes second gap finishes third but because of powerpoints gap is ahead of riverheads they get the first round by um I, I think Riverheads wins against William Campbell, and then it's going to be a showdown against Buffalo Gap. Again, I think those two teams split this year, and so uh, we'll see what happens. R Buffalo Gap gets the whole week off. We're going to start analyzing with these teams in a week off this week, and I think the reason the region does this is kind of to allow some breathing space for these schools that have graduation through now. So just like if they have to have a game one day different or, or the other, um, I've seen that in some of the other schedules. Um, I think that's why they're spreading it out a little bit here. Um, but I do, you know, will we see Buffalo Gap play, um, a little rusty after having a week off and Riverhead's not, or something like that. I, I don't know. We'll probably analyze that after that happens. Um, but either way, again, big rivalry game split during the regular season. So we'll have a chance to talk about that next week. If Riverhead's does knock off, uh, William Campbell on Thursday at home. Yes. Um, right, we don't Stewart's have... Yeah, we don't have the bracket for 2B yet, but my concern is going to stay in the same because I don't think all those bull run teams are going to be on the opposite end of the district. Or, up, I, excuse me, opposite I, end I, of the bracket. I think Stewart's draft is going to get some home games, which will, I think, help them to a degree. Sure. Um, And so, like, better chance of beating a team that maybe, you know, challenges are pretty hard. Maybe that last at-bat might be the difference. You know, I, I don't see them winning 2B, but, you know, could they sneak into that region championship game? Sure. Um, but we have to see the bracket to really break that down. Sorry, we don't have that tonight, but uh, rooting for them all the same. Sure. Um, and that kind of is our preview for the sport, the other sports this week. We just don't have brackets. And so we don't want to, yeah, other, we don't want to speculate than, too much on what those brackets might look like. Other than Riverheads tennis, who already won boys tennis, one region, one B as expected. Now they get dumped into that two B mixture thing that happens from there. They'll uh, host the loser 
of Central and Clark. So I don't even know why they'd host the loser. Uh, that's the email I got. So we don't know what's going on there, but we know Riverheads is at least played. But we'll get those brackets. We'll talk about them next week. All right. College softball, Hokies um, <laughs> they, did, not, they did not have to worry about facing Florida State. They did not. And uh, I was hopeful that they could at midway through their Saturday game after they beat the heck out of Boston University on Friday, mm-hmm. halfway through the Georgia game on Saturday, I, I realized there was no chance of that. They absolutely got the doors blown off of them on Saturday. Then they had to play again Saturday night, beat Boston University again. But then uh, they faced having to beat Georgia twice on Sunday. Wasn't going to happen. Never thought it was going to happen. I wasn't even watching the game. And they absolutely got blown out on on Sunday uh, early afternoon. So that ends the Hokie season. For their postseason seeding, they got to where they were supposed to. They just didn't even make a crack at at going past that. So Georgia versus Florida State is going to be an interesting series. Florida State's high seed. They they probably they'll be favored against Georgia. Uh, that's going to be some good softball. But that's what you get at Super Regionals for softball is a bunch of good softball teams. I mean that's that's what you well, get. I the story really, is I was UCLA really, is not in it. UCLA is not in it. LSU is not in it. Know why? The Sun Belt Louisiana Raging Cajuns went into Baton Rouge, took out the Tigers of LSU this weekend. So that's pretty cool. It is cool. Um, it's great for the Sun Belt. It's great for a program like JMU to be able to recruit into that conference and play in that conference, get better yeah. tested week in, week out. Um it's a raw deal for LSU. They're a really good softball team, and you have to play another really good softball team. Yes, it's technically in Baton Rouge, but Louisiana is not – the campus of Louisiana University is not far. So that's a bit of a hose job. Um, I'm not going to cry for LSU. I'm, I'm okay. just saying. It's a bit <laughs> of a hose job. Um eh. NCAA baseball conference tournaments are this week. ACC tournament, Virginia Tech is in a group with Clemson and Boston College. Clemson's really good. Yep. They just, I think they got swept by them two weeks ago. Yep. Not great. Uh, UVA, their group is UNC Georgia Tech. And really, uh, for UVA, the good news is they just swept Georgia Tech. The bad news is they've been on a little bit of a slide other than that Georgia Tech series. So they've got their work cut out for them as well. I would say the bulk of their slide was enough weeks ago where they kind of, it seemed like they started correcting things. Uh, they were, they've won the last three series, four series or something like that. Closing it off with a sweep of Georgia tech. And again, the argument that I make for some of these high school teams that just seem like they're in it every year and do a lot of winning. So does UVA baseball at college level. Um, so I'm, I, if I'm a UVA fan, I'm optimistic. If I'm not a UVA fan, like I really am, I'm, not happy that I, I think they can probably advance out of that and at least get to that semifinal. Yeah, I think they'll be in the semifinal as well. And, but even if they something happens and they slip up and don't make it into the semifinal, they're going to be in the NCAA regionals. It will yes. definitely hurt their seeding. Um, whereas for Virginia Tech, I think they got to do some serious, serious damage in this conference tournament, maybe even have to win it. Um, but UDA is likely on the road to begin with. I, I mean, are they going to... Well, the whole tournament is in know. Durham, so... Oh, you're talking about for regionals. Yeah, for the for the next tournament. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Probably. 
Um, I don't think they're going to. I mean, if they go and win the ACC, will that bump them up enough to host something? If they, I, if I, they win the ACC, I think they have a shot at hosting a regional. Yeah. So, hey, if you're a UBA fan, that's what you're rooting for anyway. So there you go. Right. Um, let's see. JMU, Sunbelt. They are going to be the number seven seed. They're going to open up with Old Dominion. Both of those teams are really, really solid baseball teams this season in the Sun Belt. Unfortunately, the conference is not going to be supporting seven uh, teams in the tournament. It's just not going to get that. It's going to get definitely three, maybe four, depending on how the conference tournaments shake out this week. Um, they'll play Southern Miss, who is a team that will be in the NCAA regionals as long as they don't lose their first conference tournament game, I would imagine. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, that, but JMU's got to take care of business against ODU because that's not a pushover opponent in the first round of that conference tournament. And that is in Montgomery, Alabama. And I think it's funny here. I mean, here's the three different conferences we're talking about, and each of them have a slightly different format for their baseball tournament. I, I, I find this interesting and I think I've known it, but just really putting it down on paper, the ACC, they have group play that dumps into I, semifinals on Saturday. I do not like that format. If I'm yeah, I don't like group play either, but it's what they do. Yeah. Semifinals on uh, Saturday into a final on Sunday. Uh, here we go with Sunbelt. They have a play in games for seven versus 10 and eight versus nine. And then those dump into a double elimination tournament that goes Wednesday to Sunday. Then VCU, which you're about to talk a lot about, is just a straight up double elimination tournament. So it's just it's interesting how the three conferences we pay attention to all have at least somewhat different of a format. Yeah, the A10 is going to be in Richmond at the Diamond. I will be calling those games. That tournament starts Tuesday and Saturday. It is, as Leland said, a double elimination tournament. The top seven teams all in the conference tournament. VCU is not one. Uh, they got swept by Rhode Island this past weekend. That cost them their you, shot at the A-10 tournament. The back-to-back. You, you, you warned us of this last week. You said they just can't go get swept, and sure enough. Right. It turns out they would have needed to win the series because Richmond actually had a really great weekend. Um, they you warned us of that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking if somebody was going to get swept in that other series, it was going to be Richmond, but they went out and they won that series. That was a huge, huge series win for Richmond. Hmm. Richmond will play in the first game of the tournament. They're the five seed. They're going to take on the St. Louis Billikens, who are the four seed. Again, that is the first game at 11 a.m. on Tuesday. You can watch on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Davidson, the number two seed, will be in game number two. They play the seven seed, Rhode Island. Then the three seed, Dayton, will play in game number three against the six seed, George Mason. The winner of that first game will play St. Joe's uh, in game number four, and then the rest of the way, it is just straight-up double elimination. Uh, just the top seed gets a bye on the first day and uh, it, out of that first set of games with the A-10 taking seven teams in a double elimination tournament. I think it's awesome that you're covering this tournament. I, um, I don't know if jealousy is really the right word. I just – I wish I – I don't know. I just, it's cool. It's just cool. I'm proud. I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm jealousy is not the word at all. I don't want to be doing it. I think it's cool that you're doing it. And, uh, you know, you've been doing the a 10 for two years now. You've seen, I guess, all these teams come through, um, the, all these programs come through Richmond, uh, while you're calling the games at VCU. And so you've at least seen some of these players calling. I mean, it just seems like a daunting task to, take on an entire tournament, that many games, that many players, that many storylines and coaches and stuff. 
but I also know you, so I know you're ready for it. Yeah, the uh, past week has been... Now, the problem with the A-10 this year was everybody was jumbled up. Last year, it would have been a lot easier because you kind of knew who the seven teams were. You just wondered what order they were going to be in. So you could have gotten a lot of work done, at least on the teams. This year, uh, the season didn't end until Saturday, and you were sitting there on the last day going, all right, who's in, who's out? And um, so you were just kind of waiting for the thing to play out. Now, um, that being said, yes, I've called... VCU baseball for two years now. I've gotten to see a lot of these teams. I was noticing uh, going through Dayton. I believe Dayton is the only team I haven't called a game yet. Um, However, when I was looking at Dayton, a lot of those names were familiar because some of those guys play in the Valley League. So I am familiar with some of their players. Um, A lot of them play or a few of them played, I think, for Waynesboro. Uh, There might have been one in Harrisonburg the past summer. Um, But it's uh, it's a conference that was very, very tight this season. I think it's going to be an exciting conference tournament. Really, um, I mean, Richmond was a lower seed last year, got their way into the conference championship. Wouldn't be shocked uh, to see any of the seven teams playing their way into the conference championship just because it's been that kind of season. Uh, St. Joe's, who I did see last year, as I mentioned, first regular season title in school history. Um Last year, they were a team that just absolutely mashed the ball. This year, the pitching improved quite a bit, and uh, that's one of the reasons they were able to actually bring home the A-10 regular season title. It'll be uh, it'll be exciting. But thank you, Leland, um, for <laughs> for saying those nice words, I think. Um, and Yeah, I think I, I curtailed it with I don't want to be doing it. Uh, that's more of uh, it just seems like a lot of work that I wouldn't be prepared for. And as I mean, I prepare... But I, I am say, on air for you say time. that, but you do a lot of our prep work for Fridays. So. Yeah, but I also know how much <laughs> effort that takes, and I sure. have done none for this baseball uh, season other than type in notes about VCU every week that I shouldn't even have to type because you already know it. Um, but yeah, I just it's awesome. I'm looking forward to watching as much as I can. Uh, it, it does stink that you don't have the home team VCU in it, um, but I know you're a pro, so it's it's the same for you either way, and that and that's awesome. Yeah, I mean uh, the A10. Uh, is going to have an exciting tournament regardless. I'm sure for um, turnstiles, it would have been nicer if VCU was in it, but that's not the way it worked. Uh, Rhode Island played their way in. Both the both the Rams knew if they won the series, they'd be in the conference tournament. Rhode Island went out and took it. So hats there off to go. Rhode Island, and they will play now against the Davidson Wildcats, which is not an easy task, but I'm sure they're up for it. Uh, let's start start tuning in on Tuesday, right? Tuesday at 11 a.m. Games are 11, 3, and 7 on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. The semifinals will start on Friday. Those will be 11 and 3. And then on Saturday, the championship will be at noon. And, you know, it is double elimination. So if if necessary, there will be a total of 13 games. And that 13th game will start at some point around the 4 o'clock window, I would imagine. Very, very cool. Um, the other college thing that happened, we've been talking about the lacrosse here at the end of the season because JMU's women's lacrosse team made a little run there. Uh, they came up against that two seed. Uh, they were the seven seed, Syracuse two seed, and Syracuse just too good. They battled in that game early. Syracuse got a lead in the second half and just, you know, did what Syracuse does. I mean, and, and that's that's what the kind of program that they are. So great season there by JMU women's lacrosse. Again, a team that we knew – going into conference shakeup there for uh, the JMU programs. 
women's lacrosse wasn't going to be a problem. They even got dumped into, you know, a, a figuratively bigger conference and uh, performed well there. So uh, congratulations to them and uh, the women's sports. JMU just keep on kicking butt. Yeah, the lacrosse team had a great season, even though it didn't end the way they wanted it to with the loss to Syracuse. Yeah. Still a lot to be proud of there with what the Dukes were able to accomplish. Let's talk about some pro baseball. One of our teams is still red hot. In fact, you remember when we were saying the Tampa Bay Rays were so freaking good, no one's going to catch them? Well, guess who's within two and a half games of those Tampa Bay Rays? That's right, folks. It's your Baltimore Orioles. We're going to get to see our City Connect uniforms at some point this week. Um, I think that's actually tomorrow. I'm not pumped about that because if the leak is true, uh, it's going to be a pretty plain Jane looking thing. Um, I Look, I'll say this right now because this episode will drop before the city connects. If it doesn't have the Mer- Maryland flag design, they failed. It's super easy. Super easy. They didn't, I, the leaked one didn't have that. It looked, I mean, honestly, it looked like somebody just went in to create a jersey and did it on a video game. It was super bland, super boring. It was generic looking. I hated it. Um, but back to the on-field product, split with the LA Angels, which was a tough series. I was a little disappointed we didn't win that, win three out of four there. But then we go to Toronto, up in Canada, north of the border, sweep the Blue Jays, including a mashing of the Blue Jays in extra innings today. Eight to three final. But two of those games actually went into extra innings. Uh, but we get the sweep of the Blue Jays and now find ourselves two and a half back of the Tampa Bay Rays. I had your game on all Saturday. I pretty much watched the whole thing Saturday on uh, on a second TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pretty good in the extras and everything. I want to clean up a little bit of what you said. The uniform drops on Monday, and then they'll show it on the – they'll play in it. Yeah, I, that's what I said. We'll get to see the uniform on I missed, Monday. I missed what you said. Yep. Right. Okay, I missed how you phrased it. So, Yep. That'll be cool. I, I haven't immediately seen the leaked ones, uh, but – Look forward to that. My Pirates um, kind of continue their 500-ish ball. Hey, if they play 500 the rest of the way, I'll be pretty darn happy. So uh, we'll take that. Not as good as they started, but I'll take – if they play 500 ball for any period of time the rest of the season, I'm pretty happy. So uh, that'll be good. Um, who's hot right now? Uh, the, the Yankees have won four, and that's who you're about to uh, see this week. The Mets have won five in a row. So those New York teams. Okay. Okay. The Braves, I'm surprised. Like every time I kind of look up, they're just not quite what I thought they'd be. They're still, they had that good. I say they have a five game cushion between them and the Mets. The Mets are not known for making up five game cushions. They're known for blowing five game cushions. Yeah. I guess that four and six in the last 10 and then, you know, kind of just below 500 ball. I think the last two or so weeks, it just surprises me out of that lineup, but they're, they're built for the long run, so we'll see how they turn that around. All right, so I wanted to focus time this week on this podcast because there's been so much talk about it. It's probably the biggest topic that we would want to touch on because it means the most is all this noise, legitimate noise, all this, this smoke coming from the ACC. Tweets went out beginning this past week where – They were having the meetings for the ACC conference and they had seven ADs kind of teaming up, talking behind closed doors about what their options were to get out of the ACC grant of rights 
they talk to lawyers, they talk to um, Phillips, the the head of the league. A lot of talking. Everybody's kind of leaking their information they want to be heard. And I think that's the biggest thing to remember here is if you hear something, someone wants you to hear that. And and it's people are playing games in the media that way. But in short, you know, those top teams, um, I don't have the list in front of me, but Clemson, Florida State, um, UNC, Miami, NC State, Virginia Tech, UNC, and UVA. I think I might have said seven there. They all are those seven, and they're trying to see what it would take to either blow this thing up or make enough noise to fix things. Um, I guess a lot of the rumors have some of these teams going to the SEC, some of these teams going to the Big Ten, some of these teams potentially going to the Big 12. A lot of the stuff that I see, anything to go into the Big 12, it includes Virginia Tech. I uh-uh. I prefer a world. I, I think I prefer most a world that of an ACC that isn't so far behind the SEC and Big Ten in money that can survive, that everybody wants to be in and exists and we stay in it. That's That's kind of my somewhat perfect world scenario. But as soon as that's not what the option is, I would rather be in the SEC. That's my short answer to this. If we have to go somewhere to be relevant, I want to be in the SEC. I get why you say that. I, like you, plan B, what you talked about, or I guess the second one you talked about on why these schools are getting together and making as much noise is either to actually leave or make Phillips do his job and save the conference, um, which seems to be a pretty tall order right now. Um, I prefer save the conference. That being said, since there has not been a seemingly motivated effort from the people in charge of the conference to do something to change how much money they're making or, and when they're, you know, uh, let's be honest. I would imagine one of the only plays they have is expansion in, in terms of getting more money. And so to do that, you have to add someone and then you really have to knock Notre Dame's door down and just say, what is it going to take? Notre Dame's the number one. You, you don't have to say something before Notre Dame. You have to get Notre Dame football in the ACC, number one. Any, anything else. Now, the good is news is NBC, NBC and Notre Dame are about to have a contract negotiation. And mm-hmm. Notre Dame is asking for a big number. And the, and the NBC already now has football with the Big Ten. Yeah, like they don't. Have and they to don't have, have to have Notre Dame. Have I do wonder. Football. I do wonder if NBC is going to say we're not paying you that. Um, yeah. And if that's the case, then the ACC needs to be there and say, "Look, come here. We're going to renegotiate our deal. We're going to get a lot of money. It won't be it as much. You. You, yeah, it won't be as much <laughs> as you asked NBC for, probably per school. But we'll we'll get. We're going to get a lot more money." And if they bring in Notre Dame and then they can bring in somebody else, then they can go to these TV stations and say, hey, we need more money, and they will get it. Um, but that's really the only thing. And when I hear Phillips say, you know, the conference isn't looking at expanding or blah, 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 I'm like, all right, well, then you're looking at dying because what you are making right. until 2036 is not going to be enough. And right. I mean, Florida State, Clemson, UNC in particular, those three were saying things like you, not everyone should be paid the same. Which is 
what they had in the Big East. Yeah, and that that's also not a recipe for success. Got rid of it and got out of there. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and so I I don't think the conference can survive doing that. But (sighs) hey, Joe, in the Big Ten, I just learned that Rutgers, Nebraska, somebody else, maybe Maryland. They don't make the same as the rest of the conference. I didn't know that. That's fine. It's like the late those last ones that came in are don't make the I didn't know that until this week. That's fine. And maybe that's part of the way to get expansion. If you get Notre Dame, you ask Maryland if they want to come back and get a bigger number. Yeah. I don't know how much Maryland is making since it's not all equal You're, over there. But you already get the DC market. It's 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 adding the markets. After outside of Notre Dame, Adder, Notre Dame is the national brand and all that. Outside of Notre Dame, it's adding the market. Notre Dame I, itself I, I is going to change that number. I don't know who that is? Notre Dame itself is going to change that number, and then the ACC will yes. be able to point to all the markets that they are in and say, "All right, obviously, we need a new number here. This number wasn't right anyway." Yeah. And so I, I think Notre Dame is really the only cash cow they have to have. Anything on else I... is icing on the cake. But if, but as I was going to say, if the ACC is going to take this drag their feet approach, I am glad Virginia Tech is in this group of seven that is talking about it. And I also thought it was very telling that Whit Babcock wanted to make sure everybody knew that too, because Whit Babcock was like, he named names, which I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Because when I was starting to read that article in The Athletic, I was like, oh man, I wish I, I started playing a game. I was like, all right, who are the seven schools? Obviously. Florida State, Clemson, UNC, because they've already complained about it. Miami is going to be one. I started going. I started looking at the list, and I was like, "Man, I hope we're one." And then I kept reading in the article, and it was like Whit Babcock, and he listed all seven. And I was like, "Oh, okay. I don't know how yeah. much that's going to pump up the other seven that we just did that, but whatever, or the other six that we just did that, but whatever." The thing is, something that I have said out loud since all this kind of broke. I don't, we're, we're very much in bed with ESPN, the ACC as a conference. Mm-hmm. They have the ACC network, which is ran by ESPN. Um, there's a huge investment that ESPN has in the ACC and, and it's, it's a mutual relationship. I, I'm not understanding as great as the SEC is. And now that the ESPN networks don't have big 10 anymore, I I'm not understanding why the failure of ACC, the disbandment of ACC is how that's good for ESPN. I don't see like how that adds into the situation. I would think ESPN would like to keep the ACC together to have value in their network, to offer some additional matchups between there's already a lot that already exists matchups in all sport, a lot of sports between SEC and ACC and they market them in a lot of ways. I just, I think it it's better for ESPN that the ACAC exists. I realize they already have that contract locked up. They think that grant of rights locks them in there as well. I think if ESPN senses there is smoke, that there's a way for these teams to get out combined effort or something like that. I wonder if they swoop in and try to save it saying, okay, we realize this number is low. That's causing these, uh, you know, a large portion of your people to leave. Let's up the number and maybe talk about 
hey, if you're able to add Notre Dame, this is what we could do. Or, you know, like have some of those conversations get to talking or ESPN just tries to push, you know, kick the ball down the field till Notre Dame is in those contract negotiations and could possibly be coming in. I just don't see how it's good business for ESPN to let the ACC fail, to hold them to this contract that if there's any way for them to get out or blow up, I, I don't see how that's good business for ESPN. And so that's why I'm start, I am I have a little bit of hope that the ACC could continue to exist because I just I, – I think in the end that's not good for ESPN. And ESPN's – I know they're making cuts and they're firing people, and that's sad and terrible. But relating them firing producers and in-house people and these TV contracts is two opposite things because up to this point and in the future, all we will see is those two things going opposite ways. So it's just unrelated to me. If they need to make some investments to keep the ACC around and a lot of things that they market, a lot of programming hours that they offer, an entire network they already have dedicated, I just would think they'd rather hold on to that than disband it. That's my thoughts. No, I don't. I You saying I, that was going to be my counterpoint and you saying you don't think it's related. I, I do think it's related. I think they are not going to voluntarily go to the ACC and offer them more money just to keep it around. Uh, they have a sweetheart deal. They are cutting left and right because they are hemorrhaging money. It is, they're just giving up money. They just, yes, they offered a huge, huge deal to Pat McAfee. But that oh, is... Oh, people that, I'm saying, I, I, no, live sports is what makes them money right now. They need that live programming on the television. Yeah, but the teams and- they want, Leland, will go somewhere else. They'll go, a lot of them will go to the SEC, which they already have a deal with. Oh, um, will, but... The ones that go to the Big Ten, they just lose. Uh, okay, who are we talking have, about in the Big Ten? Uh, UVA, UNC. Uh, so that's markets going down the East Coast. Um, I forget who else. I, I At least those two. Yeah, and, and I think that's something they'll live with. I, I think but they're not it, adding markets with Clemson and Florida State. They already own those markets. Yeah, but but the the TV ratings is what they're going to care about there. They'll get the TV ratings from Clemson. They'll get the TV ratings from Florida State. UNC football and UVA football, they do not care about. They don't. They just don't. And so they're going to be like, all right, see ya. Virginia Tech, I mean, while we're talking about it, yes, it's the D.C. market, and they – I hope Virginia Tech football recovers. For the past decade, Virginia Tech football has been largely irrelevant. So. I don't think they're moving the needle in terms of ESPN. So if they go to the Big 12, which isn't in bed with ESPN, I don't think they care. Now, the Big 12 is more invested in ESPN than it was in the past, but it's not. I think that's why I'm optimistic that Virginia Tech could find themselves in the SEC is because of the DC market tie. Because otherwise, there's no DC market. Like NC State doesn't get them that. No, none of the Carolina schools get them the DC market. It's UVA or Virginia Tech, and one of those programs in football is better than the other. So, yeah, but I just I don't I don't think ESPN is going to try to pay a mega deal for two conferences if they can avoid it. They've already got a mega I, deal I for one. I don't think they're going to match the SEC by anything. So I just think they'll help it and and do enough to you know, negotiate, get in there and figure out what it's going to take to get these teams to, you know, not try to blow this thing up, but they're going to have to, as I, as I prefaced in that thing, they're going to have to see that the idea of that grant of rights getting blown up in a, in a legal case is something that could actually happen. 
if they are solid behind that and there's no way of breaking that up, yeah, they're never going to change it. And I just, I don't think, um, I don't think the ESPN is caring either way, but yeah, I mean, we'll see if it comes to that, if it, if they keep pushing this, the seven schools keep pushing it. I guess we'll find out. Of course, if I just, I mean, it's a 16 team conference, right? So, or 15 team conference, excuse me. I think part of that grant of rights was if the conference exists. So really for those seven teams, it becomes finding what we'd say two other schools before that conference doesn't really exist in the, in the framework anymore that would justify the grant of rights. That's probably not going to get more difficult as the years go on. Duke is one that is not grumbling right now. I don't know if they would, but I do think there are some other schools that will start to care. I, I think Georgia Tech would be one you could convince to get in there. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be a valuable one to have involved in what you're doing. And, and then Pitt. Another 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 step into the Southeast. And then Pitt. I, I just, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that hard. Now, part of my thing is these, you know, school presidents and, and athletic directors are the ones that put conference commissioners in power. So... If you're not happy with the direction, what are you doing? Yeah, that's been a hang up here, but I guess he's far enough in these negotiations that you kind of got to see how this play goes before, you know, you're probably, I will say like him before you know where this is going. Yeah. Phillips coming out like uh, last week saying the conference has never been stronger. That is just, again, kind of like the last time when he was like, you know, the ACC is fine financially and we're competitive and blah, blah, blah. It's like, look, it's insulting to my intelligence that you say that out loud. Like saying well, the ACC has the never been stronger. They, had the most, they made the, all the, the schools had the largest payouts this year. But like, yeah, every every conference had their largest payouts this year. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how it works. I, right. And, and saying the conference has never like been stronger. Went up. No, no crap. Saying the conference has never been stronger when seven schools are vocally talking to lawyers about getting out of grant of rights That's is not, right. it's just not true. It's like you had two private meetings with part of your conference this week. That's not a sign of good. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> if, if this, if this is the strongest the conference has ever been, you know what? Great job to the, to the PR team. Yeah. They have been doing some hella spin the past deck, the, over the last few decades, because I'm telling you, Nothing got out before this. <laughs> and there must have been people just getting ready to murder each other in the back in back rooms. I just think it's funny how like the tobacco road schools and stuff, those Carolina schools are the heart of the ACC. And there used to be the grumblings that, you know, they didn't like how they were bringing in these big East teams and making these, you know, football based decisions. And like they, they, they held something against them. You should hold something against that SEC down there. That team, that that conference that stole South Carolina away from you a while ago. Like they're the problem. It's them. Like they are driving this thing, and the Big Ten is playing ball with them. Everybody else is left so far behind. So I'm, I'm like I said, and you said too. We we hope the ACC can exist. So hope, hopefully, 
I'm either right or some other version of the ACC existing will continue to happen. Yeah. All right. D block time? I guess. Let's talk NHL playoffs. Let's do it. Uh, it's been wild. The Florida Panthers are out of it, right? They are. The Florida Panthers and Carolina Hurricanes are playing. I said I still think the Carolina Hurricanes can win. All that's happened since then is they have lost two games in overtime, including a quadruple overtime loss, um, which was great. Uh, Then you have, in the West, the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas has won uh, both games of that series. They're up 2-0. Honestly, I mean, it's looking like Vegas, Florida. And that kind of can lead us into our NBA conversation here in a minute. The Florida Panthers are just absolutely shocking the NHL right now. And they are playing. They struggled to get into the playoffs. But now that they're there, they beat the Boston Bruins, who had the best regular season in the history of the NHL. They went in. They kicked the teeth out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And now they're playing the Carolina Hurricanes. And they've won two games in overtime. They've been close games, but now they're going to Florida. And so they won two games on the road. It gets real hard to see them losing both games in Florida now. And it, they kind of have a stranglehold of that series, which now will go to the NBA. The Miami Heat are going to be up 3-0. They're up 115-88 to with four minutes to go in this game. If they lose, it will be the most shocking thing to happen in the playoffs, which is saying something because the eight-seed Miami Heat are about to go to the NBA Finals. Yeah. Just a bunch of sweeps in, in both of these sports. Uh, just touch on the on the hockey just before you got off of it. We were talking about how Canada wanted a team in there and stuff. It's the, the warmest climate teams are going to be in the finals. It is the it's first just, time that both conference finals had four teams from the geographic south. And and the hotter climate of the teams are. Uh, we should also like say, speaking of hockey before we get off of it, the Phoenix Coyotes aren't going to be in Phoenix very oh long. Goodness. No, they aren't. The uh, They thought for sure they were going to get an agreement from Tempe, Arizona, where even though these teams are called Phoenix, a lot of them play in Tempe, Arizona. They thought for sure Tempe was going to give them a stadium or a deal for a stadium, and Tempe said no. And so Houston has already asked the NHL to allow them to vote on the $1.2 billion stadium project to move the Coyotes to Houston. There is a long list of teams and cities, uh, or excuse me, long list of cities that want that team. There is St. Louis. There is Quebec City. There is Hartford, Connecticut. There is Houston. Those are just the first four that I saw in an article already, and there are expected to be more cities to approach the NHL about relocating. The only thing that is for certain is they are not going to be in Arizona. That that team is gone. They are gone. It, Tempe is like Arlington, Dallas kind of city. I mean, it's just right outside, so it's not like far off. Sure. But if people yeah. are unfamiliar with Tempe, Arizona, yeah. that's where the that's the reason the vote was in Tempe. They're not gonna they're not gonna be in the state of Arizona, like you said. I mean, Houston seems to be jumping on them the quickest. Um, St. Louis would be cool. It's it's. But St. Louis already, cool. or I'm sorry, I said St. Louis. I meant Kansas City. I meant Kansas City. Oh, St. Louis already has a team. Yeah, Kansas City. Uh, yeah, and I my brain jumped because it's it's not the hockey team that left. It was the football team. Kansas City. No, that'd be fine. Any, I don't care. Any of them. That's fine. <laughs> I guess I don't have an opinion. I should have not even talked. I, didn't, I don't have a strong opinion here. Uh, Atlanta, did they lose their team? Atlanta did lose their team. Um, I would. That that might be another city that tries to get yeah, a team you back. Get in the mix. Um, yeah. 
the That's advantage like the Houston is the biggest market, but I think Atlanta was like the next biggest market that could use a hockey team. The so. the advantage of going to Houston or Kansas City is you don't have to do a lot of realignment in terms of the league. Quebec City had the Nordiques. Uh, they became the Colorado Avalanche. So a while ago. Yeah. that was a while ago. Um, <laughs> so it's been a long time. It would give Canada another team. But Quebec City is not very big. There are are already a lot of doubts that that city could support an NHL franchise, which is kind of the reason the Colorado Avalanche left. Um, And then you have the Hartford, Connecticut was the other one that you might be saying, why? Um, They had the Hartford Whalers. They became the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, But I don't know if Hartford, Connecticut is going to have enough to win that bid. I would personally love to see one of those old teams, whether it's the Nordiques or the Whalers, but I'm also smart enough to realize that the NHL is not going to go for nostalgia. They're going to go for money and Houston, Casey and Atlanta probably make a whole hell of a lot more sense than Hartford, Connecticut or Quebec city. Man, Quebec's way up there. Yeah. You'd have to move somebody from the East to the West. I don't even know who you would move. I I'd have to look at this. Quebec is it's way over there. Yeah. Um, but now let's go to the NBA. Yeah. The heat are going to be up three Oh, uh, they had two comebacks in the first two games, judging by the scoreline. I don't know if any comeback was had today. I didn't get a chance to watch the game tonight, but they are absolutely punking the Boston Celtics. They're absolutely punking the Boston Celtics. And this series, I mean, this series is over. The only question is, are the Celtics even going to be gentlemen and manage a gentleman's sweep? Or are they just going to be absolutely swept out of the playoffs and look I don't I don't know I I think this is Eric Spolstra just out coaching Joe Mazzulla I'm not saying Joe Mazzulla is a bad coach I just think this series in particular kind of highlighted and you could kind of see it before right because in their first round series they struggled in some games they shouldn't have their second round series they absolutely got pushed to the brink against the 76ers and a team they probably should have handled and now in the Eastern Conference Finals, they're just getting dominated by the Miami Heat. And I think it's because Eric Spolster is just better at making adjustments, knowing what his team can do, and knowing the weaknesses of the other team. I think that will come in time for Joe Missoula, but it's a it's an, you know coach that does not have a lot of experience. He's now in the playoffs, and he's playing a team that, frankly, he should beat. But Eric Spolster has been with this core. The, these guys have gotten better and better over time. Jimmy Butler in the playoffs is an absolutely different human. And it's it's a problem for Boston. They're not going to win this series. They're not going to the NBA Finals. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the talking heads, too, really talk about their defense. I think at halftime of the game today, was some of those tweets coming out was related to what they were saying about the defense really struggling. Um, so you kind of hate to see that go backwards for a team that, was hoping to be on the brink here, but I mean, think of all the upheaval they've had in that organization with the coach kind of getting suspended and then left and all that. Like it's, it's been a little crazy. You know, we, we talked last week and you thought the heat were going to be up to one here uh, close enough to be right here. But then on the other side, the Lakers just getting rocked here by the nuggets and the nuggets absolutely taking care of it. And it's a statement by the nuggets and credit to them. Like I, I wasn't giving them that credit. It just seemed like, the Lakers were a meant to be situation the way they really charged on and surprised me with what they did against the Warriors, but credit to the Nuggets and what they're doing. And um, yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I've never been a Nuggets fan. So I'm just not quick to cheer for them either. I guess I'm, I'm cheering for Jimmy Butler at this point. I don't know. 
It wasn't like I was cheering for the Celtics either. So I was probably cheering for the Heat to begin with. So honestly, with the Heat Nuggets, it's a, it's a, it doesn't matter to me. I I don't care either way. Uh, I don't root for the Celtics because they're from Boston, and I don't root for the Lakers because they're because they're the Lakers. Yeah. Um. So. It, it'll be don't root for the Yankees or Duke either, you know? Right, like, yeah. I don't root for the Yankees or Duke. It's nothing personal LA. It's just, uh, you, <laughs> you win too much. Um, and yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I guess we'll wait and see next week if that's actually the series we're going to get, but it, uh, it would appear that way unless the Lakers get really busy in yeah, LA. They're not. We can't. You, anybody else is up three on nothing. We say it's over. It's over. I, I know LeBron's there, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say you're saying this, but like other people that I've seen on Twitter and stuff, like, well, and LeBron has brought teams, but it just, no, they're down three nothing, and the team they're playing really good, so it's over. It, I, I do agree. I think it's going to be. We're just going to wait for the finals. That's what sucks. Nuggets, Nuggets, Heat, and then I guess in that series, uh, here's where I think the Heat run into some trouble because I think Jokic is going to be that trouble. Anthony Davis is absolutely getting owned by Jokic. And I just, I don't know who the Heat are going to have. Do they go to Adebayo? Maybe, but Adebayo tends to disappear sometimes in the playoffs. And if that's the case, Jokic is going to be dominating. The Nuggets have enough other players to score. I I just think they're going to play a little bit better defense than Boston has this series. And I, I think that might be trouble for the heat i do think it'll be a good series though i think that series has the potential to go six at least it's not gonna be a sweep so the sport that i was able to pay the most attention to this weekend probably yeah baseball probably still but i paid a lot of attention to the golf i didn't watch as much as i thought i would i thought i'd watch someone thursday friday didn't um but i've been paying attention to the leaderboard watching twitter tuning in when i can and it was probably the most I paid attention to the PGA Tour championships in a while. Because I generally, most years by August, wasn't watching it. They've moved it up to May. And it's May's, May's busy. Dude, May's busy. I saw someone call it uh, May-cember. Like, it's December, but, like, with the, how busy you are, but it's May. That's a very accurate, accurate thing. Um, but it was, it was a good tournament. Brooks Kepka win. Mark went down for the Live Tour. Uh, Kepka was knocking on the door back at the masters fell down on Sunday, didn't fall down today and people played decently. He went and won the thing. He, he wasn't handed it. He went and won the thing. Uh, Victor, uh, Victor Havlov was challenging him down the stretch. I know, um, you know, familiar names were up on that board. So congratulations, Brooks. That's fine. I don't think this really does that much for live or anything, but okay. What ended up kind of being the story of Sunday outside of the champion, I, I think this was the more interesting story, was this Michael Block. He was a club pro from, I believe, Arizona. He had qualified for the PGA Championship four other times as a club pro, playing in tournaments that they have to play in, um, stuff like that. He had played in 26 PGA events previously, played in four majors previously never made a cut he made the cut this weekend he was in the top 10 going into sunday playing with roy mcelroy they keep showing these videos of his reactions of 
shots and great play and the crowd was loving him. The biggest roars on that course this weekend were for him. Uh, they had a great video of him being told he was playing with Roy McElroy on Sunday at a major. And like, naturally his eyes like lit up, like you just see his eyes get bigger. And then he's just like, you know, not like a giddy little schoolboy, but like excited that he gets to play with, you know, an all, you know, a great player in Roy McElroy. Sunday playing well enough. He aces 15. He hits it straight into the hole. Just ball didn't bounce or anything. Just straight into the hole. It's gone. He didn't even realize it at went in. He hears the roars. He thinks he must have hit a good shot. Uh, Rory came over and hugged him, and he says he's still confused about what's going on. It takes a couple steps before he starts to really realize he just hit an ace on 15. And, I mean, the crowd just went absolutely nuts. It was a really cool moment. He parred the last two holes, 17 and 18. and 18, he had to do a lot of work hitting one out of the crowd to to get up and down and get that in for par. Uh, making that par got him a top 15 finish, so that means he's automatically qualified for next year's PGA Tour at Valhalla. So we'll get to see him again. Lord knows there'll be so much coverage about him going into this next year. I hope he can handle that pressure. But it was just a really kind of heartwarming story. Here's this PGA pro, not a tour player, and making the most of like an opportunity and not and not necessarily on his first try. And he's he's an older guy, uh, not old, but like, you know, some years on him. And so it's just really cool to see. They, in the post-match, played a clip from his son that posted on Twitter um, and then I think the the host and him had texted back and forth and it's his, his club that he, that he gives lessons at, um, in Arizona, the place, I mean, it's this big restaurant room, like in the 18th hole, 19th hole kind of situation, just a big room with some TVs. The place is absolutely packed and it's the moment he hits the hole in one, the place is going crazy. He's seeing that he's reacting to that getting tears in his eyes. And then, you know, his son is saying it's the greatest moment of his life. And like, you know, here's the dad here in that. His big sports moment is the greatest moment in the kids. Life. I mean, it was emotional to be watching. So I loved my time being able to watch that on Sunday here. Um, it was really cool. It's kind of a reminder that I think I was reminded of with the F1 series where, yeah, all the top things are happening and that's the stuff you focus on. And I'm watching the leaderboard on this tournament, Thursday through Saturday. But then what ends up being the most interesting is, is, this guy finishing 15th and the story behind him and how, yeah, he didn't win the tournament, but he, he won a lot and he had a big moment. He was getting the biggest cheers and uh, it's just a really cool moment. So I thought that was awesome. I think it was a good sports moment to uh, see and, and know about. And, and that's, that's an example of something sports gives us that, um, you know, sitcom TV makes up and, and, you know, that's why we depend on these writers that are on strike to uh, create those emotional moments. But here it is happening in real life without a writer. But you, you think it has to be fake. You think this is a Disney movie for this guy. I mean, this is this is the movie where the pitcher, you know, he's a retired guy coach and he goes and tries out for the de- for the, the Rays and then ends up making the team like this is that movie. But golf, you know, it's so cool. It's Tin Cup. I mean, I, I mean, it's there's a version. There's a sense of that. It's just. It's a Hollywood ending for this guy in this week, and it was awesome. Loved it. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Um, I wasn't familiar with that story, but it sounds like it was sounds a fun cool time. Though, doesn't it? <laughs> sounds like it was fun. I yeah, I played I played Oak Hill uh, virtually with some friends this weekend. That's what we did to celebrate the nice. PGA Championship. 
I assume I have that available to me. I, I haven't. I have my my golf game's old. So, but hey, and Simulator Football is coming out next year, so I I I have like twelve months to get a PlayStation. Huh. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I yeah, I don't have the latest system, which is what that's going to come out on. So I don't be some rebudgeting, which would make some people in my life not happy. But sell your car. Why not? Yeah, it's breaking down anyway. So. <laughs> Did you watch that horse race? I watched uh, Bob Baffert giving his victory speech. I forgot about it until I turned. I, then I well, his other horse died like an hour before that. But <sighs> yeah, he got a. I just <laughs> that sport's got some problems. Um, we talk a lot of crap on baseball. <laughs> we talk a lot of crap on the ACC. I think horse racing is has the biggest PR problem right now. <laughs> but it's yeah, I mean. <laughs> Baseball. All these other sports don't have their athletes. Yeah, baseball. Yeah, baseball doesn't have athletes dying at the same clip (laughs) of the horses that are dying. Occasionally, you'll read a story about somebody took the wrong cocktail with their steroids and didn't survive. Um, But that's usually, you know, years apart. Not. It's usually not like the the, weeks. The favorite to win MVP that year. Yeah, usually not. Well, and it's usually not, you know, days apart or you know hours <laughs> apart um the acc no one is dying other than maybe the conference yeah. but that's not an actual human life at stake yeah. um these yeah the, the horses are paying um and it's it's inflicted by the trainers honestly like i was talking to my mom who you know loves horses and watches horse racing because of watching the horses run, you know, she cherishes to this day going when secretariat, like a, I mean, we're talking weeks after secretariat won the Kentucky Derby going on a vacation with her family to Churchill downs and being on the track and just loving every second of it. And, you know, clipping out stuff anytime secretariat was mentioned and, and in a sports illustrated, which made my uncles mad. Um, but, even she is like, I just, I, why do they keep doing this? Like, why do they keep doing And I was like, mom, it is people only focused on short term. There, there are a growing number of people that want to get rid of horse racing anyway. When horses are dying at the clip they are, it just makes their case that much stronger. And honestly, to the point where, look, if, if these trainers are going to keep you know, doping the horses to the point where their hearts explode or their muscles are so big that their legs can't support them and then their legs break. Like, that gets hard to argue, right? Like, the argument before when they're like, oh, these animals are being mistreated, and I was like, look, maybe the horses are getting whipped for those two minutes and I'm not signing up for someone to whip me for two minutes throughout a day. But outside of that, those horses are usually treated very well. But they're not being treated very well when they're being doped to the point where their hearts explode or they, they get too big and their legs can't support them. Like that's not true then. And so that makes their case that much better. And I I do wonder how much longer the triple crown will be something we talk about because it's, I mean, it's lost a lot of buzz as is it's lost a lot of buzz as is NBC. um, I would imagine is not looking to pay more for that in the future. Um, 
But NBC is talking about these stories during the races, during the Kentucky Derby. They talked about the number of horses that had died at Churchill Downs that week. It's it's a crazy story, and the, it seems like each time they move to a different track, that track is having problems. And and this week it's Bob Baffert, who wasn't allowed at the Kentucky Derby because his horses were doped. And now has one of his horses die at the Preakness. And I've yet to hear the cause of that. But given his history, you don't love the odds of him coming out clean. Um, Bob Baffert, who's the guy we were just talking about. But Todd Pletcher's another one who was at this Kentucky Derby. Had the horse Forte that we said got scratched the day of because of a bu- uh, bruise on his hoof, on his leg. Um, turns out that wasn't why he got scratched. He got scratched because he failed a test. And you're just like, what are you doing? Like, you know they're testing for this stuff. You know if the horse dies, they're going to look into it and investigate even further. What are you doing? I, I just I don't understand it. I don't get it. I know there's a lot of money in it for these trainers, and you want to win, and you want to win the money, and just turn that into more money and all of that. But at a certain point, there has to be, like, it's almost like, you keep burning down houses for the insurance money. Like they're going to figure it out. And then where are you going to live? You're going to live in a prison. Like for these guys, they're not going to go to jail over this, which is kind of messed up in a way, I guess, but it's, they're, they're not going to have, they're going to have to find another way to make money because it's not going to be legal or they're, I don't know. Maybe they'll just move to the middle East or somewhere where it will be legal. I don't know, but Check in American Air audience then. Um, yeah, I mean, I missed it. So 15 minutes after it happened, I was like, oh, there was a horse race. We missed it. And then I opened my phone to, like, find out who won because I had a bet on Mage. And oh, that I would have told you not to do that. I honestly never saw a result looking through Twitter, anything. I never, it never, like, came in front of me naturally. I had to look it up today. So, nah, that's fine. Um, honestly, I didn't know this. I just looked it up because I was trying to look up how long NBC had the rights to the Triple Crown. They don't have the rights to the Triple Crown now. Fox got the Belmont Stakes out from under them last year in a bid, and they own the next eight Belmont Stakes on Fox. So Fox has to be super excited about picking Fox up their is gonna, major horse Yeah, race. Fox is going to lose a Sunday baseball game for this. Yeah, it's just not. I guess it's a Saturday baseball game. But they have those too. Like I don't know. That's what they do. actually have is Saturday baseball games. They don't. Oh, that's right. ESPN has the Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't love that, but whatever. But yeah, I mean, there's no, there is no positive buzz heading into this race. You have no. No, that's the problem, game. right? NBC yeah. always dreaded if there wasn't a horse that had won right. the first two legs going. But into they'd the already won on two races. They'd already they had won. So NBC's already like they made their money. They actually. Now, this is actually off- probably better for NBC because you don't have to pay for the Belmont. And yeah. most years, you don't have a triple crown. Maybe horse. once out of these next eight years, maybe twice, there might be a triple crown opportunity. But otherwise, they don't care. But how much is that? The hype for the triple crown is going to be even less than it was last time. I mean, someone run a triple crown not, not that long ago. I think that was the beginning of the downturn of hype for this because we saw the triple crown. I tuned in every year. Cause I was like, I want to see a triple crown in my lifetime. They, everybody made such a big deal about it, all this. And then it happened. And I know my hype has been less. And I think for this, I think I'm a valid 
gauge for this because I'm not into horse racing outside of the Triple Crown. I really don't care. I don't follow it whatsoever. You want these additional eyes, and I'm not there. I forgot about I was cooking burgers. Didn't even think about it. Yeah, it's it's definitely no definitely going to be an issue um, for Fox this year, who I am sure uh, Fox could run that on a tape delay, and I don't think anybody would complain. <laughs> they could record it. If it messed up my betting, it they could record it. They could record it and show it in between innings of of their <laughs> baseball go. game. Like that, honestly, they could, and nobody would know. Nobody would care. Yeah. They'd be like, the baseball fans would probably get mad, but everybody apparently just for batting gloves for two minutes. There you go. <laughs> yeah, baseball fans would get mad that something cut into their stuff, but that'd be fine. They cut into everything else. They cut into college football. They cut into playoff hockey. They can get cut in for two minutes for a horse race. Well, man, have fun this week. I, I'm I'm excited for you. It's going to be cool. I'm going to catch you on as much as I can. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all day you're on. That's awesome. Thank you. I will uh, I will have fun. Uh, it'll be- we both have busy weeks, but at least you're out of town and doing something different and cool. I'm doing – I'm doing the ballet. Here's my, here's my plug to our number one listener. My mom, her ballet is this weekend. Wizard of Oz, if you are out and about this weekend in the matinees on both days uh, and want to see some beautiful dancing to the story of Wizard of Oz, come on out to Stanton High School. And I'll tell you what, the stage will be managed so well. So that's a reason to come in its own right there. I'm sure we don't know anybody who's doing that. Um, but that's good. <laughs> yeah, go out and support. And all uh, many, many of the young people that I love in this world are in it, so that's good. That's good. There's an evil witch, the wicked witch of the West, bro. She's uh in it, and uh, and my younger niece is in it, who has a lifetime goal of being on this podcast someday. And I tell her she has to earn it by winning a bracket. Wow. And then uh, my middle kid, she's she's in it. So wow. I hope the performances go well and the production goes well this week. Um, yeah, you know, I am looking forward to this week. I, I think I've earned it because this past week has been hell and many different challenges. Um, we'll just say that the Virginia Fire, I now know the Virginia Fire Code in and out in a way I've never cared oh, to before. Yeah, I was. let's not talk about that one. Yeah, you so were on the hook for part of that. I was. I was willing to be. because if You were, and I appreciate that. I appreciate your willingness to step up if I needed you, but I'm glad I was able to solve that without having to remove a grill. So, Well, you got to understand part of this. I was going to come pick up your grill from your apartment so listeners know what's going on. You think it was just an act of kindness from an acquaintance on the radio. I looked at, you, you were in the office when Jim and Pam were gone, and so he took the three desks and had Mega Desk. I was playing in Mega Grill. Like, I was going to have. I will say, know. like, I think you're overestimating the size of my grill. <laughs> I sent you a picture of it, and you finally got to see it, I think, for the first time, maybe. It's a small grill. Um, I think I, didn't I help move it? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> you weren't there when it, no, because it didn't make it from the first place. You bought it. I bought it. You because okay. I checked the lease, and it was fine. And then thinking that it was on a cement pad, I was going to be fine, which I learned is apparently less flammable than grass. So now we know. Yeah, it's just, yeah. well, I'm glad it all worked out. I'm glad that your grilling chicken on a Wednesday hasn't 
kept you from being a part of this podcast and part of uh, telling our listeners about all the local sports that they care about, just like we do each and every week. We'll be back next week with region updates. We're going to have more and more teams eliminated by next week, but we'll be into the nitty gritty of teams that actually have a chance to uh, play into June, which is what all these student athletes hope to do when they start these spring seasons. And uh, a lot of graduations have already happened and will happen this week. So I hope all the student athletes uh, stay safe and their families and family traveling into the area for these things. Uh, always a special time, but always a time you hope not to hear any bad news. So hope everybody stays safe and makes wise decisions. And we'll be back next week to talk more about the sports that you guys care about on Apple Spotify, Podbean, and you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Yak Sports Pod and always interact with us in email, yaksportspod at gmail.com. So we're beginning the summer season coming up. We're going to start looking at Valley League Baseball. That's another thing we'll probably add to the list next week. Um, so we're looking forward to the summer. If you have any summer topics, if you've ever listened to us in the summer, you know we, we might outreach onto summer, summer topics. If you ever have an idea of one, a bracket, an argument, Throw it at us. We're willing to have it. These next few months will be fun, and then we'll dive in deep to football. So make sure you're following us. And as this this episode is an example of, we don't always drop on Tuesdays. Make sure you're following us and you're uh, subscribed, excuse me, so you can always catch us when we're new. So subscribe right now if you haven't already, and we'll talk to you next week about the sports that matter to you, the Augusta County sports fan. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast. Thank you.